0: The following is a hoop ball presentation. Hello, and welcome to the hoop ball DFS today podcast. I am your host, Micah Potra, joined by Harris Kamani. We're here to break down this wonderful Thursday, November 18th, slate for you guys. We have six games on the docket. But more importantly, to my friend Harris.
1: How's your week going? I can't complain about the week. Just got over hump day, getting closer to the weekend. And Thursdays are always uh you know that last little sleep before the weekend ones. And as a Raptors fan, I'm always excited about the Utah Jazz game. So that's happening tonight too. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Well, I'm glad you're having a good week. I almost <laughs> want to read a, a text I got on air from my girlfriend this week um, about our new puppy. And I was working; she was getting ready to leave for work. His name's Mashed Potatoes, by the way, for those uh, wondering. <laughs> uh, and it's it's. I'm only going to read it quickly because it's it's pretty funny. It's it's something I haven't experienced before. It says, "Potato and I need help." Question: Any chance you are still somewhat close to home? He pooped and has something stuck coming out of his butthole. I tried pulling it out with a paper towel, and he's freaking out. I can't get it out. So that's how my day was going. I, I had to rush home from work. Uh, I know. I apologize for having to read that on air. Uh, but I thought it was too funny. It was one of those things where I was worried, but I was also laughing hysterically when I read it. And that's how my day is going, Harry. So if you can imagine, uh, <laughs> you know. Just picture that right there and that's that's what I'm deal. That's what I dealt with today. But uh, Nonetheless, (laughs) we have six games to jump into. I apologize people. I shouldn't have done that, (laughs) but uh, I thought I had to tell somebody You know, and what better people to tell than the people that listen to us faithfully every day Because I know you guys still love us even though you had to hear my my dog's poop story Uh, We got six games before we jump into anything quick shout out to manscaped guys Check out manscaped.com the number one male grooming product site out there on the market where you can get all your products delivered right to your doorstep using the promo code HOOPBALL20. You get 20% off plus free shipping on everything from their shavers, razors, their bombs, their creams, their toners, conditioners. They have everything. You hear me talk about it all the time. Get that perfect package kit where you get a little bit of everything, including the Manscaped compression boxer shorts. Get it for yourself. Get it for a gift. Maybe get two at once, and that way you get the 20% off balls. Save yourself double the money using the promo code HOOPBALL20. All right, my good friend. We have six games on the docket. A lot of this. We're recording this fairly early. Just, uh, you know, throwing it out there because we might not have all these game lines. We might not have all the spreads. But we'll start off with Golden State traveling to Cleveland. Cleveland on the second half of a back-to-back. Steph Curry is questionable. Iguodala is out. Klay Thompson's out. Wiseman is also out. No game line. No total for this one. We're going to have to hold off on that one right now probably come out, I would imagine, uh, closer to the end of the night, but also that Steph Curry news is going to greatly impact this. So I'll pass it over to you. Why don't you talk about this Warriors team, I guess, what we can consider, what we could look at with everything going on.
1: Yeah. And as you said, the Steph Curry news is uh, pretty much the major catalyst to everything on here. And you know, you mentioned your dog story. I just wanted to throw out a, a tweet that I read yesterday regarding Steph Curry. That was uh, pretty interesting to me because obviously they went up against the, goal, the uh, Brooklyn Nets. You know, big game. Golden State continues to kind of show what they're doing. But, you know, the big talk was about KD versus Steph, you know, the leading runners for MVP and all of that. And what I read over here is that KD is going to get his eight a quarter every quarter until he dies. But Steph goes on five minute runs that makes defenders wonder why they even started playing basketball. And I thought that was uh, just super, super funny all the way through. But going back to the uh, the Warriors themselves, if Steph Curry uh, is out, then that brings uh, a number of people into, uh, into the equation over here. First and foremost being Gary Payton, who, I mean, even with Steph being there, has found himself getting more and more of the trust of steve kerr just because of his defensive just doggedness and versatility out there for 3900 he'll likely be thrown into the starting lineup and get a pretty decent boatload of minutes so that becomes a a pretty solid value pick for you to be able to go but it also brings in all of those mid 6000 guys as you know just prime spots to be able to absolutely destroy their value because cleveland coming in on a back-to-back as well they're playing tonight they're gonna likely be coming in with heavy legs they're also dealing with a number of injuries on their end so you're gonna find Draymond Green at 6700 Wiggins at 64 Jordan Poole at 6000 all of those guys just get to be in a great spot to be able to do that Uh, Draymond will likely just become the primary facilitator I mean he's already been getting eight assists a game but a couple more shots coming his way will easily help him get over that 6700 and Wiggins will likely be the primary shot option in there had 11 shots in the last game, but 19, the one prior to that, and just overall has been playing a lot better for the last little bit. So, you know, those four major guys are the ones I'd be looking at. And maybe you can take a little bit of a, a look at Damian Lee as well at 3,200, but I'm less excited about him.
0: I think you said it perfectly. Yeah, I think I think you're, if, if Curry's out, we're playing two, possibly even three of these guys. Curry's usage is off the wall this season. Uh, Gary Payton, most likely, in my, I think he would draw the star. I don't think they... That being said, Jordan Poole has also been one of their primary ball handlers as well. So they could always opt to start Poole at point and then maybe just slot, uh, you know, Damian Lee up at the shooting guard. Either way, whoever starts in the starting lineup is is 100% in play outside of Looney for me. All four of those guys in the starting lineup, I will have shares of. Mixing and matching, but I think two of these guys will be a necessity. Uh, Cleveland, not a team that we're scared off of defensively, especially knowing they're missing Mobley. Most likely missing Allen as well. We have to keep an eye on that. He didn't play Wednesday because of the illness. Be uh, practiced on Tuesday, but he's not traveling with the team to Brooklyn. So we have to keep we uh, we have to keep an eye on this. See exactly what's going on. But both those guys are ruled out. You could just lock and load a bunch of these Cleveland guys. Even even if Allen plays, I still wouldn't be scared off this matchup. On the Cleveland side of the ball, like I said, Allen he'd most likely be questionable coming into this. He didn't travel to Brooklyn. They're going back home now, so there's a decent chance they'll end up suiting up for this one. But Mobley's out, Sexton's out. Marketed, is sounds like he's getting close. He's not playing Wednesday, um, but looks like he's still going to have to deal with the whole conditioning thing and getting back into game shape. And then I would be surprised if Kevin Love plays on a back-to-back. So if we see Allen, Mobley, Kevin Love are all rolled out, I would look towards Ed Davis for a value play if you need him at 3600 He drew the start in tonight's matchup. Not a guy that I'm overly excited about, but on a six-game slate, a guy that might end up playing 25 to 30 minutes at the center position. We know they're not going to play taco fall, you know, anything more than 15 minutes or so. So I'd have an interest in him in that. I wouldn't mind taking, just continue to take stabs at guys like Rubio 69. The price tag's going up there. Uh, and then I don't want to pay six one for uh, Chetty Osmond. If he was lower, like on tonight's slate, he was only 4k $2,100 price increase. is not something you see very often, but I think, you know, Rubio, Davis, if he starts, maybe a share or two of Garland. I prefer Rubio over him. Those are the guys I'm looking at. Yeah, and
1: I think those are the major guys. Uh, you know, if anyone is out and interested in getting Chetty Osmond that day, just make sure you message me to watch the game, because it seems like every time I'm watching Cleveland is when Chetty Osmond goes off. So, you know, just might be one of those things where if you have him on. But as you said, he Canadian? <laughs> no, he's, not. he's tur- is- Turkish, <laughs> Turkish MJ. Actually, funny enough, a, a good friend of mine, uh, who's actually Turkish, uh, played basketball out there and grew up with Chetty o- Jetty Osman. So he's played a lot with him. And, you know, it's one guy I always get messages hyped up every time he does well. So it's just kind That's of awesome. a funny connection. Yeah, it's pretty cool. But uh, no, Ricky Rubio and Darius Garland are pretty much the major guys I'm looking at. And, you know, Ed Davis, at 3,600, he's probably going to be OK. The entire problem with him has always been just an absolutely zero offensive game. It's all just putbacks from his Jade from Toronto to every other team has been on the league. I think he's at like six, seven teams now. So just a journeyman veteran. But he's probably pretty going to be pretty OK. He's solid, does his thing. And Isaac Okoro continues to be just an enigma. He should be good. You know, he's getting all the minutes. They clearly believe in him. They give him enough uh, opportunities to be able to do it, but he just doesn't. But at 4900, if everyone else is out, it might, uh, given the lower slate out here and the fact that he has that small forward eligibility, maybe a spot that you want to look to. But uh, yeah, outside of Rubio and Garland, don't really trust anyone else. All right, we'll move
0: on then. Uh, Another 730 Eastern time game. Washington Wizards on a back-to-back traveling to Miami on a back-to-back. So both teams on a back-to-back, so we do not have an injury report for him. We know that Kyle Lowry sat today due to rest. We saw that Bam sat as well. Uh, I think there's a better chance. Well, we know Kyle Lowry will probably play because it was a rest game. But I, I expect Bam to play in this one as well. Washington, they are pretty much good to go outside of the main guys like Rui Hachimura and Thomas Bryant, who have been out. So I'll start us off here at Washington. Bradley Beal at 9,400. I'm never going to tell you not to play Beal. Uh, but there's other guys I'd rather play. That simple. Uh, there's a lot of guys that we could spend up on. 9,300. Miami plays at a down pace. Tough defense when they're fully healthy. I'm good with that. And I'm not paying 8,100 for Spencer Dinwiddie. Probably not paying 62 for Montrose O'Hara. And I'm most likely not paying 66, although that's probably 63 is probably where Kuzma should be. I just don't see myself going to anybody on Washington in this matchup. So I don't know if you have anything else to add to that or if you want to just take over from Miami.
1: Yeah, I think honestly the only guy in Washington that I may have been interested in is Denny Avdia, just purely because of his price tag and the fact that, again, something about that double small forward eligibility and he's just getting more involved within the offense itself. Got a double-double in the last game and I expect him to uh, continue to get pretty decent minutes on a team that frankly needs his versatility out there. So. Yeah, outside of that, not interested at all, but I think I'm um, finding Avdia coming up in a couple of my lineups. But going on to uh, Miami themselves, like I said, the uh, the Bam Adebayo situation, you know, he was, he's was he been ruled out for the uh, matchup today. We don't know about what's going on tomorrow. But if he's out, uh, then I'm likely finding myself going to Dwayne Dedman, you know, 4,100 again. I, between him and P.J. Tucker, they're both finding ways to be pretty good for their price tags. And yeah, at that low 4,000s mark, Pretty good spot to be able to get uh, likely decent value, at least 5x, if not 6x coming out of there. Deadman has shown himself to have the capability to be able to draw bigger nights if he gets a little bit more involved in the offense. So I'm not too uh, scared away from going there. And then Tyler Hero just continues to be a guy that, I mean, every time I don't take him, he hits me. So I better start uh, actually recommending him. So at 7,300, obviously his price tag continues to go up, but he's dropped 40 plus in these last two games. Obviously, Jimmy Butler being back takes a little bit of that shine away, but honestly, he'll still find himself to have huge usage. They just give him all the shot attempts that he wants, and he's hitting them at just such an efficient rate that you find most nights that he can just smash his value through the points and a couple of ancillary stats themselves. So the two major guys I'm going for, and maybe I have some Jimmy if I can believe myself into having that this game will be closer than I think it'll be, but I'll probably just go with the cheaper guys here.
0: Yeah, I'm kind of exactly right there with you where I, I always play a little bit of hero. Um has that forty point upside when everyone's healthy. It's just that simple. I don't love the seventy-three hundred dollar price tag unless someone's sitting. But we know how offensive minded this dude is. He's gonna get plenty of second usage unit uh, second unit use, usage. If I could say that. There we go. So I definitely have some interest in hero. Uh, keep an eye on it. Maybe Jimmy sits and you know always he's coming back from the ankle injury on the second half of a back to back. If Bam sits, we're locking and loading loading Dedman again. Doesn't matter about the back-to-back. It's just good value on a six-game slate that we're going to need to take advantage of. On to the third game, L.A. Clippers traveling to Memphis. They are taking on the Grizzlies. A lot to talk about here. Nicholas Batum is doubtful, right? Achilles soreness. Serge Ibaka ruled out. Keon Johnson, Kawhi Leonard, Marcus Morris Sr., Jason Preston, Justice Winslow, due to personal reasons, all ruled out. And then Terrence Mann is questionable. So they're a little, little banged up. If uh, needless to say, and then for the Grizzlies, they are good to go. Only injuries aren't injuries; they're just people that are actually in the G League. So not anybody that we'd probably really be considering anyway with a fully healthy team. Uh, regardless, okay. this game's coming in at a two nineteen and a half game total. Clippers are being favored by one. Looking at this Clippers team, what they do at the power forward position. Uh, it's going to be a challenge. Um, I imagine that they just slide Paul over. I don't know if they'll love doing that. And then ended up going a little bit smaller of a lineup. That's what I'm imagining. Uh, without Batum, that's really going to throw a wrinkle into things. They'll probably end up starting Canard and then sliding him up, which would put Kennard into play for me at 4,400. I think Paul George at 11K is not a bad spend-up whatsoever. When he's playing that power forward position, he'll have increased rebounding opportunities. So I have interest in both those guys. And I really don't even mind looking at a guy like Zubats. Uh, anytime that we see them go against a versatile center, he plays big minutes. Uh, or I'm not saying versatile. I mean like a big center. Uh, you know, when he plays 30 minutes at 5100, we consider him. But do I end up with tons of shares of him? Probably not, knowing that we already talked about Deadwin as a value play. Ed Davis might be a value play. We'll get to some other centers on the slate that we like. So I don't see myself having a ton of share of Zubats, but... Those are the main guys I'm looking at. I think Bledsoe and Jackson are priced appropriately. Uh, If I knew Jackson was going to take as many three-pointers as he did last game, I'd have a little bit more confidence. The guy took 17 threes last game out of 22 (laughs) shot attempts. Very uh, uh, abnormal for him. But I'm not going to count on that happening again. So for me, it's really going to be Paul George, Luke Kennard. um, Always down for a, a dart throw at Hartenstein, too, if you're feeling like it.
1: Yeah, I think you've hit the major ones. I did actually end up you know, watching this game from front to end, and I was actually quite impressed with Brandon Boston. I'm not necessarily saying that they're going to go ahead and throw him into another 20 minutes and he's going to shoot well again, but at uh, bottom barrel price tag, he dropped 22 on the last game. They clearly liked what he had to offer. He showed some upside as far as the offensive side is concerned. So again, dart throws at the end. I usually don't find myself spending up on the uh, on the shooting guard spot if I can potentially avoid it. So you know that's a, a spot if you really want to uh, dig deep and hopefully... Get a guy who may have low ownership and be contrarian on a six-game slate. That's it. Otherwise, obviously, the main guys still remain the main guys. All right. Well, looking at 10 k for John Morant, are you paying that price
0: tag? And (laughs) I guess if not, who else are you looking at in Memphis?
1: Yeah, so this game, as you said, the the spreads make it seem like it will be quite close. I actually expect it to be quite close. But John ja Morant probably isn't where I end up going here. It's uh, Jaron Jackson that I'm really finding myself getting into as far as this lineup's concerned. Had a great game on the last one. Obviously, the Houston one doesn't matter all that much, but it was more just how much more confident he's looking overall. And that price tag continues to be completely alluring to me. And you're seeing that since the Dylan Brooks return, they're really just getting back to that one, two, three punch of who's going to be taking all the shots. Players like De'Anthony Melton, these guys have kind of been put aside so jaron jackson becomes uh, a main guy i'm looking at and then i still believe in desmond bain the one guy who's probably stayed away from you know all the movement as far as the roster is concerned still getting his minutes he's still getting his decent amount of shot attempts and his price tag is a little bit depressed from where i otherwise believe it will be so 4,400, it's a good spot to be able to get and john morant i'm gonna join you in taking it on the chin tonight
0: yeah, I've been taking a lot of those on the chin. Yeah, like four straight 50-point performances. <laughs> uh, I'll take another one. I'm already I'm already on the trade. I might as well just keep riding until I get to my destination where he has another 40-point game or something like that. Uh, but I'm with you. I think Desmond Bain, Jaron Jackson are probably the two primary options I'm looking at. If you wanted to play Brooks, I would have fought you there. Uh, but I, I, Brooks is not like one of those guys. That just He's like Harrison Barnes to me. I don't play them. Um, sometimes it hurts. But... I think he'll be okay on a six-game slate. If it was like a four-game or a three-gamer, I'd probably have a little bit more interest, but I could easily see him having a good matchup, especially if George moves up to the four and he ends up getting that Cunard defense. I think he'll have a good game. Uh, Jackson, if he could stay out of foul trouble, we know what this dude's capable of. It's just that simple. It's just always foul trouble with him, and he's been pretty good over the past four games. So feeling a little bit better about Jared. We will move on. Fourth game of the night, 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time game. We have the San Antonio Spurs traveling to Minnesota. Taking on the Timberwolves, Minnesota on the second half of a back-to-back. So, no injury report for them. Jaco Perdle still ruled out for the Spurs and as well as Zach Collins. So, I mean, I don't, I don't expect to see much of Zach Collins at all this season regardless. Uh, but the two big men continue to be out. So, we could probably count on Drew Eubank strong another start. Jante Murray, 9,800. Yep. He's in play for me, man. Uh, I prefer him over jaw. I don't know if we'll be able to get two studs on the site. There's a lot of guys to spend up on, but he's easily up there. It's like a top three, 9,500 plus option for me with George, with Jokic. When we get there, um, i probably even play a little bit more of him than Jokic, just knowing that Jokic is that, that 12k price tag that we'll get to. Uh, but he's certainly in play for me, no doubt about it. This is a fantastic matchup for him. The dude's been absolutely crushing it, getting a ton of usage, getting all the ancillary stats that we need to see now outside of him. I mean, we could capitalize in some other spots. I'm probably not going to play too much. Derek white hasn't been a guy played too much all season long. He's coming off of a rock solid game. Don't get me wrong, but I haven't seen that upside from him. That's my main concern. So if I'm not getting the upside, I'd rather just spend down on somebody that's like 44, 4500, save a thousand dollars, get that same like floor slash ceiling if I could. So I don't see myself going to Derek White. I normally want to target centers going against Karl Anthony Towns, but Drew Eubanks doesn't have much of an offensive game. He's been rock solid at 4600, where he's putting up uh, at least you know 20 DK points, at least 23 DK points in three out of the past or four out of the past five games. So I don't mind him as a value play. But we've already talked about so many centers. Maybe if you're you you know you're playing dead men all of a sudden, uh, you find out he's not playing, you want to do a quick swap, it's only $500 more. So you can swap him in for that reason. And the only other guy I would consider would be Devin Vassell, who played limited minutes in that last one against the Clippers, but prior to that has been absolutely just scorching hot. So 4500 I wouldn't trust him in cash, but I think in tournaments you could look at him.
1: Yeah, and that's uh, DeJounte Murray and John Morant. Kind of like seesaw battle was essentially what got me in the same way. At 9,800, he's pretty much locked in and the vast majority of my lineups. I love him in this matchup. I expect this game to actually be the highest scoring game of the night. So I'm expecting this to be you know, a pretty good fantasy one. So I might see myself stacking a number of uh, these guys over here. Maybe not so much on the Spurs, because outside of, honestly, Deontay Murray and maybe a little bit of Keldon Johnson, if I can you know, get myself around the fact that he has his odd games where he goes off. But it's just someone that they have clearly got more of the usage going to as a second option as far as everyone else goes out. So those are the two major ones. But on the Minnesota side is where there's just so many options over here. I was very happy with the way Carl Anthony Towns played in that last one where I called him out for the Phoenix game. So I'm glad that came through. And his price tag is gone ahead in that uh, 10-5 spot which is probably a pretty fair price tag for where he is but given the fact that the Spurs are missing a Jakob Pertl and really don't have the size to be able to do much against him I expect he'll just go ahead and feast on this game as well and I mean last I checked the game total on this one is like 223 so Kat is in a pretty good spot for me And, and this is more of a like side thing I just think Malik Beasley has to be better for the Minnesota Timberwolves to be able to do something. Uh, He shot 11 threes last game. And honestly, the only thing missing is for his shooting percentages to go back to even half decent to what uh, they should be. And really at 4,400, to me, there's enough upside over there to be able to take him on a high scoring matchup because I probably won't find myself paying up for uh, D'Angelo Russell or Anthony Edwards. I just Find myself not trusting them enough for their 7,000 price tag, but I still want the exposure. So I have a feeling I'll be going to a little bit of Malik Beasley and maybe even uh, a little bit of uh, Patrick Beverly, but probably not as much.
0: Yeah, Edwards has been really struggling with this shot over the past three games. Uh, it's a decent bounce back spot for him. 7,700, we're finally getting him below that AK mark, which kind of made it hard to play him, knowing that you know he's been getting a lot of those 40 point, 42 point games, AK. It pays it off. It's not going to lose you lineups, but it's also not going to win you any either. Outside of that, I think Cat uh, could easily smash in the spot. You said it perfectly. No purdle Makes it easy for him. It's a back to back, so it's worth noting that, you know, mobile centers, shooters, things like that, and back to backs are something I try to avoid on a six-game slate. I'm not going to cross them out. I'm still probably going to play Paul George over him. I'm still probably going to play uh, a guy like DeJounte over him. Um, only other guy I would consider would probably be Beverly. I know you said Beasley. I think both these guys are very much in play. I think that they might just try to, you know, cut the snake's head off. If they want to win this game, it's pretty easy. If you take DeJounte Murray out of the equation and Patrick Beverly's the one guy that has enough energy on a back-to-back where it doesn't even matter for him. Dudes like the Energizer bunny. So I have no issues looking at Beverly as well. Two games left on the slate, 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time game. Philadelphia 76ers traveling to Denver, taking on the Nuggets. For the Nuggets, Will Barton is doubtful. Jamal Murray, Zeke Nagy, and Michael Porter Jr. all rolled out. And for the Sixers, Joel Embiid, Danny Green, Ben Simmons, Grant Riller, they are all out. So, starting off this Philadelphia 76ers team, Tobias Harris coming in at 8,800. Don't love paying that price tag for him. I'll probably take the pass. If he beats me with it, I'll take it off the chin. I got no issues there. And I was kind of shocked about the Andre Drummond 12 minutes in the last one. I mean, he they were getting cooked. The game got out of hand pretty quickly. But still, you need the size out there. You're going to need to get Jokic. I don't. I think Jokic cooks him. I don't see any way uh, in hell that Andre Drummond can keep up with Jokic. Jokic could just pull this out to the three-point line. He's going to facilitate. He's going to take Andre Drummond out of his element. So I just don't see myself going to Drummond, but I was still just shocked that he only played 12 minutes in that blowout against Utah. Uh, outside of those two main guys, I'm probably not paying 71 for Maxi. Wouldn't mind taking 4,900 for Seth Curry. It's probably the only guy I really have any interest in. And if Shake Milton's going to be playing big minutes again, we could sign ourselves up for 5K. But that was a blowout. He played 35 minutes. If it was closer, do, does he play that much? I don't know. Uh, Doc Rivers really likes him. So there's a chance, but... Those are the guards, the front court, or I mean, the back court are the only two guys I really have any consideration for.
1: Yeah, and honestly, of all the games in the slate, this was the one where I'm like, Philly's going to get the doors blown off him. I was actually not all that interested in looking at the guys, anyways. Shake Milton and Seth Curry, as you said, are probably the only ones to be able to get some exposure, just because one, I expect Shake Milton to play, and uh, Seth Curry just has the capability to be able to put that up quickly in a. In a low player option and again that shooting guard spot which I like to try to see who I can get there on the cheap who may handle the ball a little bit. But on the Denver side again basically that same situation of me thinking that this is going to be a blowout has me avoiding Jokic at 12,000 altogether. I feel like. Like everything about this just screams trap he's going to play like 20 minutes this game probably rack a 40 40 45 up in there quickly and then just go and sit and that's happened in previous games out there and that's why in this case where i'm looking at is more the monte morris the bones highland those areas where those guys are likely going to have to play just because there's not really many ball handlers in there in general um, i mean pj dozier is really the only one and frankly he hasn't been good enough to stay on the floor So Bones Highland 3400 has been one of my major ones, probably my favorite cheap pick of the night. Uh, Obviously, he was dealing with an ankle injury in the previous one, but he looked okay After that, they said he's fine and he's uh, not going to suffer any sort of limitations from that. So I expect him to get uh, more of an opportunity in this game. And as the game gets further and further out of hand, I expect him to get some decent minutes in there as well.
0: Yeah, it's tough to pay the. I wouldn't say it's tough to pay the 12K price tag. Denver is favored by seven right now. It's a 210 game total. So. I don't know if I'm gonna. I, I build multiple lineups every single night, so I'm gonna have some shares of Jokic. If you're okay. building one or you're playing single entries, it might just be better just to avoid this whole situation and all. But if the game stays close, I have no no worries or no issues about Jokic paying off that 12K price tag. I think he can easily get 60 with all the usage going around with no Will Barton and no Michael Porter Jr. He's done it more often than he hasn't. So I, I especially with this matchup going against Drummond, I expect him to cook. Now, if the game gets out of hand, though, like you said, we're going to be looking at some of these backup guys like Bones Highland. He's coming off of that ankle injury, but he looks like he's good to go in this one. He's not in the injury report. He should be fine. If he plays 22, 23 minutes at 3,400, he's a rock-solid value play. If you want to look at a guy like Jeff Green, would it fault you? Haven't really seen the upside to get too enticed or too excited about it, so I'll probably end up taking a pass knowing that we've already talked about several value plays that are a little bit more confident in their upside. Uh, and then the only other guy that I think is worth mentioning would be Aaron Gordon. But again, I haven't been seeing that upside. It's due. He's, he's surely due. Uh, one of those like 40-point games are around the corner. I can feel it. But I'm not going to sit here and throw money into a well, wishing that it's tonight. I just I'm not going to bank on it. When I see it, I'll consider him. But until then, I'll take a pass. Final game of the night. Toronto Raptors traveling to Utah, taking on the Jazz for the Raptors. Precious OG. Chris Boucher, all questionable for the Jazz. They are good to go. Even Rudy Gay is now back. He is probable, so we can expect to see him probably cut into the, the Eric Paschal minutes ever so slightly. Two ten and a half game total. Utah being favored by ten points in this one. A little disrespect towards your towards your Raptors, <laughs> man, but
1: uh, I'll pass it over to you for the Raptors. Yeah, the the OG on Anobi News is the biggest one of this, right? He's got a hip contusion. He's questionable for the game. If he doesn't uh, find himself playing, which honestly in most of these OG situations he usually does, but if not, Scotty Barnes becomes an absolutely rock-solid pick. 6,700 has all the upside to be able to drop 40 on these nights because you find that with those guys out, his boards total goes up, and I mean, he's been getting his double-digit shot attempts. More importantly, he's finding himself getting to the free-throw line more. So you know, he's going to get be able to get into that range of a potential 18 and 10 18 and 12 kind of game and that'll easily be able to pay that off and then beyond that it, yeah he comes back to the pascal siakam situation at 7900 he's a great price for me uh, for where he is but they often play him at center here when everyone else is out which isn't a great situation because he's going to be up against rudy gobert and rudy gobert has done pretty well against pascal siakam in games in the past so that's probably where that uh, game total situation is coming from, because they're probably expecting that Pascal is going to struggle and Fred Van going to have to pick it up. But yeah, all these are pretty fair price tags. I think the only one with the real upside to me is Scotty Barnes at 6,700. And I still think uh, Gary Trent at 5,900 is probably about 500 less than he'll probably be priced at for most of the season. And he's been pretty much paying that off every time. So uh, probably more of a, a cash play than a pure upside GPP play, but I like him at 5,900 as well.
0: Yeah, I, I want to see what happens. With it. Well, if OG sits, I don't think they'll start Siakam at center. I think they'll slide Ken Birch in there and play Siakam at power forward, slide Barnes down to the three. Um, if OG sits and they decide to keep Siakam at the center, I think we see Svee draw the start at small forward. I want to keep an eye on the situation because those are two good value plays that we could consider. You know, Ken Birch at 3K, Svee at 31. Those are the guys I have the most interest in. Uh, I don't really want to pay a full – Allotment or full price tag on a lot of these guys, like in this tough, de- slow game, tough defensive matchup, big spread, low game total. A lot of those makings just don't have me that interested. Unfortunately, it's the last game of the night. Well, one of them, and we might not have this news when we're making our lineup. So, you know, keep yourself open. I always say play the guys in a later games towards the bottom of your lineups so at the guard, forward, and utility spot. Leave yourself open to a late swap um hopefully we get the news earlier rather than later that would be that would be fantastic too but if og and precious both sit i think ken birch comes into play at 3k wouldn't expect a whole lot from him but they're gonna need people to body gobert up. it's just that simple i don't think they'll try to throw siakam at him maybe i'm wrong uh but just uh my initial thought as of right now the night before on the other side of the ball gobert k this game stays close this is an absolute smash spot you said it yourself Plays well against the Raptors. I feel like every time they go against each other, anytime he's going against an undersized front court, we could just you know chalk him up for 15 boards. Uh, does he get the 15 or 16 points with it in the three or four blocks? That'll that's all remains to be seen. Um, I imagine though at 8K he ends up being a rock solid value play. And then Mitchell at 8900. Don't mind Mitchell. Probably take a pass on him though. Just gonna do my best to get up to Dejounte and some of these other guys and. If I end up going two-stud, I'm not going to be able to afford him. If I go one-stud, I might be able to afford him. But if I go one-stud, I'll probably end up doing my best just to get up to, like, DeJounte at the end of the day at the same time. uh, Try to at least do my very best. I think we have enough value. We talked about some good value plays already. And outside of those two main guys, not a ton of interest for me. I mean, we could see some of these bench guys like Clarkson at 5,200. I'd consider him. I think I like him a little bit more than Conley in this matchup. But – Probably the only three guys I really have any consideration for.
1: Yeah, agreed. And maybe a little bit of Boyan Bogdanovich, but honestly, at his price tag, I'll probably end up going for Bledsoe instead anyways. So really, it's uh, Rudy for me as the major one. And maybe a little bit of uh, a little bit of Royce O'Neal, just because, again, he seems to find his ways to be able to get that high board situation. And all he needs is a couple of his shots to go down and he'll uh, find a way to pay off as well, just in cash rather than GPP. But yeah, that's really it. Rudy Gobert is my main dude.
0: All right, brings us to the end of the slate, the player tier segment. I will pass it on to you, my friend, your expensive guy, which I think we both know who you're going with.
1: Yeah, and at 9,800, this has pretty much been the guy that I've absolutely locked in as my stud of the night for the matchup and for everything else. DeJounte Murray just continues to be the main guy for the San Antonio Spurs I and mean, dropped a pair of sixties coming into this. And honestly, the way he's playing, he's probably going to end up into the 10 thousands as far as his price tag is concerned as well. So enjoy it while it lasts. It's a great matchup. Just lock him in.
0: Yeah. So always tough when you get those slates where it's got like John Morant, Dejounte Murray and LaMelo ball, uh, because we know all three of those guys are should be priced right around that 10 K mark a little bit more. They all have huge upside. We've also seen the floor bottom out on all three a few times, but uh, you don't have to worry about B playing anybody uh, but the uh, LaMelo and DeJounte. I just take it off the chin with Ja. Uh, I'll go with Paul George at 11K. I think raw points are going to matter on this slate, and if you have the extra money because of the value that is there already and opens up, uh, he's a guy i going to want to look at. Like you said, ex- we expect this game to be fairly competitive. Uh, I know Dylan Brooks helps him a little bit defensively. He's a good defender. Don't get me wrong. But if Paul George is playing that power forward position, he's going to get in a mismatch on Jaron Jackson Jr., A little bit of uh, increased rebounding opportunity. Sign me up for that. Who are you looking at in the mid-tier?
1: Yeah, I think you just kind of spoiled at the end there with the Jaron Jackson. And that's exactly where I'm looking at. 6,300, just so much upside that's there. Uh, Coming off a pretty good game. It's all about, as you said, staying away from foul trouble, which he's done for the last four games now. Hasn't had more than three fouls in each of those, which is great. I expect this matchup to be a lot closer than some of the latest ones that Memphis have had, and with that comes the upside of him dropping 40-plus on them, and the Clippers are just never all that amazing at defending bigs in general or stretch fours. So looking forward to a big night from him.
0: All right. Well, I'm going to have to give two here for the mid-tier because one's going to be an injury caveat. If Steph Curry sits, I think Andrew Wiggins uh, at 6,400, going against his former team, uh, sign me up. I, I'd expect him to have close to 20 shot attempts, which would give us, you know, the past two games where he shot at least 19 times, he's put up at least 40 DK points. So at 6,400 in a matchup against Cleveland on the second half of a back-to-back, if Steph Curry sits, I have a lot of interest there. Uh, but, of course, with the caveat that if Steph Curry plays, we're going to need somebody else here. And at that point, I'd probably lean a little bit more towards, I think, A guy like Draymond at 67 in the same game. I think whether Steph plays or not, he's in play. Um, Or you can always look at, like, Tyler Hero. We we have to keep our eyes on that news as well, though. So a lot of these mid-tier guys are going to really be determined by who's played and who's not for me. Luckily enough, that Warriors-Cleveland game, that is the first game of the night. So we'll have that news. Same thing with the Washington-Miami game. So that's where most of the injury news that we're keeping an eye on is going to be. And we will have it. So there you go. Onto the value. There you go.
1: Yeah, and much like this, this is probably two that I have to give as well. Again, injury caveats. If Steph Curry's sitting out, then Gary Payton comes into play for me. Absolutely chalk, as far as I'm concerned, for 3900. But uh, in a regular scenario, I'll probably say Bones Highland at 34 is my favorite one. Just because again, I'm going back to I expect Denver to do really well at home in this matchup. I don't expect Philly to actually put up all that much of a fight, even though the uh, the total seems to say otherwise of course, that's why you have multiple lineups. But regardless, Bones Highland just needs to get minutes. He's been rock solid in any game in which he's gotten 20 minutes or more. And I expect him to be able to get back to that regular game total, giving him that 30 point upside.
0: All right, my friend, I'll go with uh, Luke Kennard at 44. We already have that news. Uh, I would I would probably say dead been over him if we knew that Bam was sitting again, but we don't. So I'll, I'll go with Luke Kennard at 4,400. I'd expect him to play 30 plus minutes in this game with no Nicholas Batum. haven't seen too many of those ceiling games as of recently, but throughout the season, he's dropped plenty of games of 25 plus a couple in the 30 range. So 4,400 in this matchup, I think he's a fine play and that brings us home. That is everything. So Eric, let the good people know where they can follow you on Twitter.
1: Absolutely. At HAK underscore devil. You can get me on there and, you can tell me about whether the Philadelphia 76s are actually going to put up a fight in this one because I think you just cross this match off. That's just me.
0: <laughs> you can find <laughs> me at Mike Apache, M-I-K-E-A-P-O-T-R-I-A. Give us a thumbs up, five-star rating, review, wherever you listen. we greatly appreciate it. iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, iHeartRadio. You name it, we're there all over the place. Find us, five-star. Give us a nice rating. Say something nice gonna say something mean at least put the five star uh, and we we need it we try trying to hit that 150 mark so come on if you're listening take two minutes out of your day go over there throw it in there I appreciate you uh, and then you can you know tweet at me say you did it and I'll say something nice about you uh, I'll try to rhyme with your name I'll come up with a pun I'll do something I'll find something that I can do short poem you name it um, I'll, I'll do my best with all the requests but That's it. Thank you guys for listening. We will be back. It will be Santino on tomorrow night with Dave Menkoff. They'll be crushing that wonderful Friday slate for you guys. Let's go out there. Let's win some money. Let's take down some tournaments.